Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin. Joining me today, why are you smirking? Well, because we just had a great little chat before we started doing this. I'm also incredibly excited about... Uh, um, I was about to say Lego. <laughs> I was, I'm also very excited about UFC 280. But yes, we've just been talking. Uh, we've been talking about Lego. Is what yes. we're doing. I, I'm always in danger when I talk about Lego because someone's just going to ask me how much I can shove up my bum. Which you know, oh, of course, yeah. So, yeah. Kind of, so I was never into Lego, but then we haven't even introduced the show. By the way, this is the MMA fan podcast with Stu and Blake. There you go, boring. <laughs> Let's carry on. Um, so, um, and so I know he's never into it. And after that yeah. show, and after that famous quote that still gets quoted to me to this day, yep. I've now gone, oh, quite like this Lego stuff. And I've got like a Lego Groku, you know, the baby Yoda from Mandalorian. Yep. Yeah. I built him. And I'm now in the yep. process of building the 1989 Batwing from the Tim Burton jo- uh, Batman Ooh. movie. Yes. Wow. So It's go. like, I've, I've still got like Lego from when I was a kid, like my folks' ass. And... Um, having two daughters, I thought maybe Lego wasn't going to feature, but I kind of really sort of pushed it on them. It was a proper, come on, do it for daddy, and uh, and got them into it. And now they're far too old to be playing with it, and, and they're just going out and enjoying themselves. And I'm like, we ain't getting rid of that. Like, it's, I love it. And like when, the, when my nephews come over, speaking of my nephews, shout out to their mum, Nina Hughes, um, who last night, this is my, my sister-in-law, uh, who's had two children and at 40 years of age went back. She was, she was on Team GB uh, and then took a break and then come back, turned pro and got her fourth win last night, defending her Commonwealth title, stopped the girl, put her down in the first round, stopped the girl in the second round and rumour has it now the next fight is for the world title. So shout out Nina Hughes. Um, give her a follow. We, I often um, share her bits and pieces on our Instagram. So go give her a, a follow because she's a remarkable young woman. Okay, uh, but we were talking Lego. And uh, yeah, I uh, I just... It's really weird. I, I, I've been away this weekend. had a little Airbnb weekend away. And I went past a vintage toy shop 
uh, in this little village, and it had like all original Star Wars toys in it, and I was like, oh no, this 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 could be dangerous because like I just get sucked into places like that, yeah. and in there they had like loads of like retro Lego, but they also had new Lego, and like they had all the Star Wars stuff, and like you see the Millennium Falcon, and now when you think I just want that, yeah, but it's like <laughs> it's like five hundred like quid, four hundred quid, yeah, it's I know, that is and I just think mental. like who has that. Spoil. It's got to be just a spoiled kid or uh, a lonely middle-aged man. It's one or the other, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, <laughs> but if you are if you are someone that wants to get your kids into Lego, I thoroughly, thoroughly recommend. And this is what we're talking about: Lego Masters Australia. Don't watch the British one. Don't worry yourself with the American one. Watch the Australian one. Mm. It's really, really good. It's on four OD or whatever, all four or whatever. Lego Masters Australia, it, you'll get your kids right into it. It's awesome. Oh, absolutely. Well, Dana White, who's an avid listener of this podcast, Dana, <laughs> I know you're listening. Um, UFC Lego, come on. Everybody's going to want to. Imagine the Lego hair on Paddy the Baddy. It'd be amazing. Well, we want we want UFC Lego. Brandon Moreno had a, a Lego UFC belt made for him while he was champion. Of course he's a he huge, did. He's a huge Lego fan. Yeah. Also, Brad Pickett is a huge Lego fan as well. Yes. He's, he's like spent half of his... Didn't, didn't Brad Pickett have like... He bought two of everything Lego, one to build and yes. one to keep so that he could sell it later in life when it's like worth yeah. loads of money. Yeah, go, he's guys. got a lot of Star Wars uh, Lego, hasn't he? He's, yeah. he that's it, sorry. Uh, spoiled kids, uh, lonely middle-aged men, uh, and uh, I'm, not, I'm not putting Brad in that bracket. <laughs> uh, 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 and uh, and UFC legend Brad Pickett. Don't beat me up, Brad. Yeah. Um, Anyway, we digress. What are we here for today? We're, we're looking ahead. We're looking ahead to uh, arguably the biggest card of the year. I don't think there's any argument about it. I can't believe we've actually just wasted the first like four minutes of this podcast. There's so <laughs> much to Lego. get through. There's so much to get through. My wife's coming home with my son in a minute uh, and uh, we were supposed to be eating a Chinese tonight. So I was like, oh, we'll bang this out in like an hour. This is yeah. such a stacked card, and we've wasted time talking about fucking Lego. I don't know how we're going to make this work, but let's get straight into it, because I All think right. it's definitely the best card of the year. And I wonder, and I, um, I don't know if we are the authorities to really answer this question, but those of you out there have a little think. Is this the best grappling-based card in the UFC ever? And what I mean by that is when you've got Two fighters, not just one, but two fighters that are amazing grapplers. And going down the card, obviously you've got Oliveira Makachev, but you've also got Benil Dariush Mateos Gamrot, and you've got uh, Bilal Mohamed and Sean Brady. Sean Brady. I mean, all three of those fights are compiled. What am I trying to say? Compiled of um, like two fighters that are incredibly talented grapplers facing each other now sometimes when you get really talented grapplers facing each other it turns into a bit of a poor man striking battle i don't think that's going to happen on any of these fights i think we're going to see some really good not boring but really good grappling with maybe one caveat but i will get to that all right okay so are we gonna are we gonna start at the top? We have to. This, this well, this is the one that might be the caveat. Funnily enough, yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're going to talk about the fact that you know, I think Charles is striking uh, really, really solid. Uh, oh I yeah, think we could easily see some great striking from from Charles. And this is for the UFC vacant lightweight championship. Exactly. It's weird, isn't it? 
because yeah. it's not vacant, really, is it? It's well, Charles defending well, he his missed title. Weight. But he missed weight. My wife and son have just walked in. Uh, he missed weight. He, so it is vacant. Rules are rules. Rules are there for a reason. Yep. He missed weight. And look, we all basically see Charles as a champion, but yeah. you can't do that. You cannot miss weight. Mm. It's it's as simple as that. So yes, it is for the vacant belt. Does that feel maybe slightly harsh or a bit unnecessary or something like that? Maybe, but you know what? It has to be in place because if you make an exception now, then you'll be making exceptions for other fighters down the line. The rule is there for a reason. It's the 155-pound title, and that is it. End of discussion. He missed weight. He lost his belt, but he beat Justin Gaethje, so here we are. Mm -hmm. Um, Are we both in agreement that Makachev deserves this shot? I think it's a close call. I think that Benil Dariush, who's also on the card, and we'll get to that in a bit, has got a claim mm. to a shot for sure. I think it's between the two of them. Makachev is the bigger name. And that's what I it's think we've down both to, spoken about this previously that Makachev Dariush would have been the great fight. That would have been the, oh. the good grappling match that, that would have given, I think the definitive fighter to, to fight Charles for that. 100%. But, but it, it, the, yeah. the fight was made. Dariush got injured. Bobby Green stepped in late. Bobby Green's not a match for Makachev in the same way that Benil Dariush could be because uh, mm. the skill sets are just completely different. But th- this is what's happened. This is where we are. We we go along with it. Makachev Oliveira is still an unbelievable fight, even if Makachev hasn't beaten a guy in the top five. You can still see the skill set. He's on, what's he on now? I don't even know, like eight, nine fight win streak. He's on something crazy now or whatever he's on. I don't know. Um, You'll have to look that up for me. I'll pull uh, it up. But it's, uh, you know, it's yeah, I mean, crazy, isn't it? Like one, two, three, four, five. I think he's on a nine fight win streak. So you could say he's earned his shot for sure. Um, But there's, Benil, I think has beat. Ten fights. Ten fight. Well, bloody hell. I mean. Benil has, I think, beat the bigger names, been around longer. But this again, this is just the, the way it is. And, and I think the fact that Benil was injured, no fault of his own, and the fight was called off and they had to have a last-minute replacement, and Makachev accepted that last-minute replacement, mm-hmm. I think that goes a long way to saying, Benil, you've lost your chance, Makachev, you're in. And that's how the UFC business works, and, and that's just how it goes. And, and there's... It's the, it's the, it's got the backstory, hasn't it? Makachev as well, being Habib's boy. It's like yeah. it's marketable, isn't it? Yeah. And you know, these fights are in. I presume they're at Etihad, right? Etihad. They're in Abu Dhabi. I don't know where. What's the stadium called? Uh, it might be the Etihad. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it is. it's obviously the Etihad Arena. Yeah, it's like it's sort of. It's not Russia, but it's sort of home turf in a sense for Makachev. I think you believe he's fought yeah. in Abu Dhabi before, and he is loved there because of his faith and everything like that, and, and the, the faith of the country. Mm-hmm. He is loved there. Charles Oliveira will probably be booed loads, uh, and Makachev will be the, the favourite on the night and the fan favourite. Um, it's an interesting... How do you see this going, Blake? How's uh, this fight going to go? Well, uh, I... Picked a couple of fights to rewatch just to to help me make a decision on this. 
and there was a couple of things that worried me. If you go back and watch the Kevin Lee-Charles Oliveira fight, there are moments in the second round of that fight where Kevin Lee is able to nullify Oliveira from top position with his wrestling. He's not as good a wrestler as Makachev, in my opinion. He's a very good wrestler, but I don't think he's Makachev standard. Equally, Michael Chandler, in a very different way, he didn't lay and pray like Kevin Lee did. He was raining down punches from top position uh, in the first round of their fight, which oh, is just such a f- fun fight to go and rewatch. The uh, all of Oliveira's fights are, to be fair, mm-hmm. at the moment, particularly as the champion. Um, but he had lots of success in the wrestling exchanges from top position. Oliveira wasn't able to submit him. Um. And so it makes me wonder if Makachev is a better wrestler than Michael Chandler and a better wrestler than Kevin Lee, which I think he might be. I think that's a fair assumption. Particularly like an MMA wrestler. I know Michael Chandler's got some great wrestling credentials, Mm -hmm. but it makes me think, is there a world in which Makachev just smothers Oliveira with very little action? That that's that's what I don't want to see. Me too. I I would because Khabib's that. had fights like that where yeah. I just and it, and it's dominant and it's a win and and you you can't take nothing away from that. But okay. as a fan and and I'm, I'm I'm all about watching the grand game as much as I am the stand up. But when it is just that mauling and and it's just. <sighs> I just think, oh, come on, come on, let's let's have some fireworks. And that's just the fan in me, but yeah. I, I kind of agree that it might go like that. Yeah. I'm hoping it doesn't. I hope Charles just kind of lets his, his hands and his feet go a little bit. Did you say but, Charles? Uh, Charles. <laughs> Charles. Do you know what? You're the second person that's called me out on how I say the word Charles. On my Hardcore Listing podcast, our sponsor is a guy called Charles. Uh did I say it wrong again? Yeah, I mean, also, I'm pretty sure that there's a... Because <laughs> I remember this from doing uh, In Between Us, but I can't remember if it was me or James Buckley that said it, but they referred to Prince Charles as Prince Childs. And that that's literally like... <laughs> like Adrian. Like, like literally like getting a laugh out of the fact that they're so stupid they can't say his name properly, and you just did that <laughs> as like a 40-odd-year-old man. Um, Charles. Yeah, Charles. You said Childs. Did I? Yeah, you went Prince Charles. No, Charles. No, you, Prince. you said Charles Oliveira. <laughs> anyway, um, I, agree, I agree that Charles has got the uh, Charles has got the um, <laughs> the uh, the edge in the striking for sure. I mean, mm. I think Makachev's striking is probably underrated, but we don't see it very often. Uh, and we've seen him get you know knocked out quite badly in in the, the last fight he lost, which was a long time ago. Um, but. I would say uh, I would say Charles has definitely got the edge in the striking. They're both pressure fighters, though, and that's really interesting. They both push forward. Like, again, another fighting card, the Benil Darius Gemrock fight. They're both pressure fighters. They come forward. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see those striking exchanges. What I worry about is that Oliveira is never worried about being taken down because his jiu-jitsu is so good. So he stands up very yeah. tall and he can get taken down quite easily. But... No one dares to do it because this man has the most submissions in UFC history. You don't play that game. But I think Makachev will play that game. I think he'll believe in his wrestling and his jiu-jitsu so much. Now, I don't think he'll lean on the jiu-jitsu as much as the wrestling and that smothering tactic, which makes me wonder as well. 
if he gets him down, I can't see him doing what he did to like a Dan Hooker or anything like that, going straight for a submission. Mm-hmm. I can see him laying and just kind of securing position and doing minimal damage because he's like, if I start exchanging submissions with Oliveira, I'm going to get found out and be in trouble. Something out. Yeah. yeah. So I think it could be mm-hmm. a get on top, smother, use that weight and that strength but not open myself up to any submissions from Oliveira, which means we won't see a huge amount of action. And that's the only yeah. thing worrying me about this fight. However, Oliveira has not been in a boring fight for a very, very long time. He just comes forward with reckless abandon, takes people out. He loves that jumping switch kick at the start of fights. He's, he's excitement all round. His, his striking style is so, that shooter box, really pressure forward and just, I'll take one to give two type fighter. I mean, he, he fucking brawled with Justin Gaethje. The man's a madman. And, and, and mm. we keep, keep doubting him. When I say we, I mean just like basically the MMA community in general. They, they, they looked at his fight with, with Michael Chandler and they were like, oh, but Oliveira is a quitter. When he gets clipped, if he gets hurt, he just gives up. He got clipped. He was down. He lost round one, came back and won that fight. Poirier, they said Poirier was a far more technical striker. Oliveira took that punishment was down around at one point, came back, won that fight by submission. The Gaethje fight. Fight has evolved, bloke. Fight has evolved. Yeah. Fight has evolved. And, and, and Oliveira's the, the story of that. Yeah. You know, he's, you know he's, he's, he's obviously got some, some, some losses on his record, but we've seen him turn it around and we've seen him become, in my opinion, probably the best lightweight in the world at the moment. Yeah. So, on that point, who's winning this fight? Oh, it's, I, I, I will chop and change my mind throughout the entirety of the week. Right now, I'm being a pessimist and I'm worried that we're going to get a boring fight and Makachev just lays on him. Again, all power to Makachev. If he can do it, it's for Oliveira to stop him doing it. But that's my concern, is that we're going to get a Makachev win in a fight that's not particularly exciting, which really worries me. However, I will probably change my mind throughout the course of this week. Because Are you I, changing your mind now? No, no, I'm sticking with Makachev right. now. I do want Charles to win because I want mm-hmm. fresh challengers for the lightweight belt. And I believe that if Makachev wins, we're probably going to see a reintroduction of the Chandlers, the Poiriers, the Gaethjes to fight Makachev because they're the bigger names and that's what the UFC mm-hmm. does. But I would love to see the winner of Benil Dariush, Mateus Gamrot, get the fight against uh, the champion because I think they should be the number one contender. But there's another wrinkle to throw into this in a minute. But tell me who you think is going to win and then I'm going to throw this wrinkle in. Charles Oliveira is going to win this fight. You're conf- now you said that with so much confidence. Not even a, a blink of the eye. <laughs> God, no more um, fence sitting with him. We're, uh, no, we're on No, it. I'm straight off the fence, mate. Yeah, Oliveira's got this. Um... He's going to stop him. Whoa, I love it. I love it. How is this going to happen then? <laughs> I, I just think he's going to... I think he's going to start... Um, undeniably, Makachev is going to going to take him down and try and grind, grind it out a little bit. But I think he's going to get a little bit frustrated with just how good uh, Oliveira's grand game is. And I think he's going to be start to think, do I keep taking this to the grand? And I think he might even think, right, okay, maybe rounds three or four, I might see where I stand on my feet with this. And that's when I think Charles is going to knock him out. Wow. All right, well, here's the other thing is, I worry about Charles's cardio because mm-hmm. 
his fights, the last, the, the, I think he had a three round fight. Was it three or five rounds? I can't remember against Tony Ferguson, but his fight against Gaethje was like one round. His fight against Chandler was early, stopped in the second round. Poirier was quite early in the third round. I think he hasn't had a five round fight in a while. Makachev's cardio, I think is very, very good. Uh, he has a lot of decisions. Oliveira, I don't know about his cardio, particularly with his style. He just bombards forward with these strikes. That's what you want in a champion. You don't want a Makachev in your champion. It's a boring fight to watch. Uh, look, there's part. I, I think you're being a bit harsh on Makachev there, to be honest. But I agree with parts. No, of he's he's you only shot. He was boring against Bobby Green. He wasn't boring against Dan Hooker. You know, he's, he's not against Dan Hooker. Bobby Green. I mean, come on. You don't get a win over Bobby Green and then fight for the title. I I hear you, and I I agree with a lot of you what you're saying. But <laughs> let's throw this wrinkle in now, because right. there is an absolute legend. The pound-for-pound pound fighter on the planet at the moment that will be flying over to Abu Dhabi as the backup fighter. People don't do this. Mm-hmm. Alexander Volkanovsky has decided he wants to fight for the lightweight belt. He deserves that shot because he's been such a great champion at 145. He's going over as the official backup. UFC are flying him over and paying him money to be the backup for this fight. If anything happened to Charles or Makachev, does Volkanovski have a chance against either of those guys for that vacant belt? <sighs> oh, fucking hell, I did not see this question coming. Uh, oh, I reckon him and Makachev would ragdoll each other. I think that could be really good. Oh, you reckon Volkanovski could ragdoll Makachev? <sighs> There'd be a huge I'd ragdoll weight each other. No, I, I think... Mm. I think if... If he's going to have a better chance against anyone, it's going to be Oliveira. Mm. I think Makachev, again, I think he'll struggle. I think Volkanovski's got great defensive wrestling, but I think Makachev's just another level. Uh, mm. And I don't think he'd be able to get to his feet very often over the course of five rounds. He might do in round one, but then after that, it'll get harder. But I, I don't know. But Oliveira... It I won't think- get harder. I'll tell you what it'll get. It'll get more boring. Yeah. You, you'd love calling Makachev boring, don't you? I do think, I, I just find that style. It's just not what I like to watch. It's, it, as I said at the beginning, it's dominant and it's, you know, it, it, it I just don't find it very fun. And and I think it's, yeah, I, do you know what? I'm not going to start digging him right out because, uh, you know, he's he's got where he's got. So but, do you um, think Volkanovski's got more chance against Makachev of winning? Than no, he, I, I, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll have this right. I'm going to get right off the fence again. I think he'd beat either of them. It's his folk. It's the pound for pound. We do love folk. We do love folk. Like, yeah. I'd love to see. Well, do you know what? I wouldn't love to see it now. I really want to see Oliveira Makachev. I don't want mm-hmm. one of them to drop out. That's what I want to see. But in terms of what happens next, in terms of the the title fight, you, you we can, we'll probably talk about this on a post fight show. But there is the always the looming shadow of Conor, Conor McGregor. As much as he doesn't deserve a title shot, the UFC could always give him one. There, there's Volkanovski now throwing his hat in the mix, but we've got Gamrot Dariush on this card, and the winner mm. of that, particularly if it's Dariush, I think deserves a title shot. So there's definitely options. Maybe it depends on who wins. There's Poirier's fighting Michael Chandler soon. The winner of that could fight Makachev if Makachev is the champion. It's, there's a All lot right. going on at 155, and throwing Volk up there, as much as it could be fun, could be exciting, and could be deserved as well because he's done so well at yeah. 145. It really does muddy the waters in terms of who could be next. 
you said something earlier about if Makachev gets that strap, then it does throw the Chandlers and the Poiriers back in the fold again. Yeah. Uh, and they are bigger names. They're much bigger names than Darius and Gamrot. Yep. And and I fear that that Darius will get pushed back again and not get that shot if if Makachev um, – I mean, if Volk moves up, I think Volk fights for the, the title next. If yep. he decides that's what he's going to do, I think the UFC will make that happen. Yep. Connor, I can't see Connor making lightweight. Uh, I, I think if he comes back, I, I think, you know, he's either going to be super heavy uh, or cruiser. <laughs> like, um, yeah, he's not making like, well, if he does, then, then, I, I, yeah. Uh, and yeah, let's, we don't need to talk about him anymore, but yeah, I, I, I I'm really excited about this fight. I do think we're going to see Charles do something really, really good. I, I hope. I- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently. I asked Mint Mobile's legal team. If big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation, they said, yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Do you know what? More than... I do, I do kind of want Charles to win for those reasons I mentioned earlier in terms of getting fresher matchups. Um, but... If I just want a really good fight, because I think this is such a highly anticipated fight that all I want is a great fight. Also, it's on BT box office. So mm. you've got to pay your money for this one as well. Mm. And it would be a real shame if a few of the fights on that card, when everyone's paying their money for it in the UK, it'd be a real shame if it's a lot of like laying and praying and not as much mm. action as we would want. That would be really disappointing. Maybe if we can have a word with Dana. I know he listens to this podcast. Dana, if you're listening, <laughs> um, if it gets to like the second round and Makachev's just laying on him, just um, can we tag team him for Volk? Yeah. Just bring Volk in to liven it up. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, right. So right. You're, you're going for Islam and I'm going to go for Prince Charles uh, Oliveira. <laughs> right. Perfect. Right. Uh, okay. We've got... Uh, Aljamain Sterling versus TJ Dillashaw uh, for the UFC Bantamweight Championship at 135. What are we saying? Um, well, my first thing, first point of call is what I've been saying for a while now. TJ doesn't deserve to fight for a title. Um, he popped for EPO against Henry Cejudo when he went down to 125. Now, a lot of people are saying, oh, like Aljo's come out and said, like, oh, I'm expecting him to cheat again. 
who he's probably always been a cheat and all stuff. I don't believe that's true because, as far as I'm aware, Usada have tested, retested, um, old, uh, you know, blood, whatever it is, urine samples of TJ Dillashaw's when he was the 135 champion and all that stuff. No traces of anything. I truly believe he took EPO to make the weight at 125. But guess what? He's still a cheat. He's still a cheat. Mm. Shouldn't have done it. So he was punished. Could he have been punished more? Maybe. But I don't believe someone in his position that cheated is fully, you know, there's no, oh, maybe it was Dick Pills this and whatever it is with John Jones, these kind of little narratives that come out to help try and blur the lines a little bit. No, this guy was a cheat, was found to cheat. He took his punishment. I don't believe you come back, get a win over Corey Sandhagen that I believe he didn't even win. I think Sandhagen won that fight, and I'm not alone in thinking that. There's a lot of people that think Sandhagen... I'm not saying it was a robbery. You know, it was a close, close fight. But Sandhagen, to me, won that fight. I don't think you get a title shot after coming back after two and a bit years, fighting Sandhagen in a fight that a lot of people thought you lost, and then you get to fight for the belt. That's, that's not good, in my opinion. I think he should be fighting probably a Peter Yarn, or maybe it should have been a Jose Aldo before he retired. Something like that should have been what happened to earn him the title shot. But we are where we are. I think um, I think TJ's obviously a really, really good fighter. He messed up his knee in that Sandhagen fight, and a lot of TJ's mm. striking is dependent on his movement, his footwork. It's very kind of Dominic Cruz-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, and is his knee... Back to 100%, can he still move as quickly and as, you know, in all the directions that he does with his footwork to throw people off and land strikes? I don't know. We'll wait and see in, in this fight. But I think Aljo's certainly got the wrestling edge and the grappling edge. Um, so he could do to TJ what he did to Peter Yarn, take him, get on the back, and, uh, and TJ finds himself in trouble. But I don't know. What, what I do think, you think that's going to be Aljo's approach. Yeah. Like, I, I don't I, think he's I, as good I, a striker as TJ. No, no, TJ Dillashaw, um, as you said, he's a cheat, um, uh, but he is, he's really good, <laughs> um, and uh, annoyingly so, um, because I, I think he's a bit of a prick. Um, <laughs> I, I do. Um, I, I, he's never endeared himself to me. Obviously, when he was Alpha Mao, he then, he then done the dirty on Alpha Mao, didn't he? And, uh, Did and, he, though? And, and disappeared. Oh well, I, 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 I like you know I love Uriah Faber. I know, but I was I like Uriah, but I was sort of Team TJ when I was going. I felt like he was being bullied a little <gasps> bit. The poor guy. Really? I know. Yeah, I thought Uriah and and Garbrandt were just bullying him a little bit and saying a bunch of nonsense. He just did what he thought was best for his career and moved mm. camps. It wasn't like something horrible. Um, mm. So yeah, I, I was. But then obviously he he's a snake. Uh, yeah, he's a snake. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, now he's 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 known to be a cheater, so that's the main uh, discrepancy yeah. for me. That's the main problem with TJ Dillashaw. I I, I see this fight either going look, as you said, um, Aljo is going to just utilise his, his his wrestling, or I can see TJ if his knee is you know one hundred and ten percent, then I can see we have seen some really impressive striking from TJ and and as we saw when he fought um Alpha Mal when he fought uh Garbrandt just his his hands were just really really good and dangerous and they're heavy as well uh and so yeah we I don't know I I, I can't I know I want to see I want Sterling to win this uh but I can't write off TJ Dillashaw no whenever it comes to the crunch 
He always fucking pulls it out of the bag. I think it could be a really good fight. Yeah. Uh, I look, Looking at this and maybe the next fight, Dan, they're the two fights I think are going to be the, the, the big fights of the night. Oh, I don't know, you know. I, f- I think there's some absolute corkers all the way down the card. No, no, so. no, we'll we get to them, we'll get, get to them. Easy, easy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so are you going with TJ or Sterling? I'm going to go Sterling. I'm going to go Sterling as well, just because I don't think TJ deserves this, but it would not surprise me at all if if, if TJ pulls this off. Um, yeah. Yarn O'Malley, which I think is one of the more talked about mm. fights because it was so out of the blue when this was booked. No one expected Yarn versus O'Malley to be O'Malley's next fight or Yarn's next fight. You know, O'Malley was coming off that kind of weird no contest against Pedro Munoz where he didn't mm-hmm. look great in that first round. It looked like Pedro mm-hmm. won that first round against him. 100%. Then it was an eye poke, wasn't it? And then uh, mm-hmm. it turned into a no contest. I don't think anyone thought he'd be fighting Peter Yarn next. A lot of people are thinking Jan will be way too much for O'Malley. How do you see it? Well, the Sugar Show is a big show, and and we've you know so many of us, me included. Well, who's it actually for? He's now got Peter Jan, and it's like right. Well, you know everyone else can just shut up now because it, it, he's now being thrown to the wolves, and like and Peter Jan for me. I will probably say the best striker in that division. Like I, I think he's, he's, he's boxing. He's absolutely incredible. Um, and we've seen lots of flamboyant striking from uh, O'Malley in, in, in lots of fights against opponents that are not of the caliber of, of Peter Yarn. Um, as much as I've, I've, I've added him as a bit of a melt at times, <laughs> I've got a feeling. Him. Like it's fact. It is fact. You've outed <laughs> him. It's not that you've called him a melt. It's not that your opinion is he's a melt. You've outed no, 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 him no. as a melt because that is a yep. stone cold fact. Yep. So that's what you're saying. <laughs> I've done my research. <laughs> um, Have you got evidence of this? <laughs> a dossier of O'Malley's melt moments just, to, just as evidence, yeah? Oh, wonderful. Um, I've got a feeling that Sean O'Malley might pull something out of the bag here. It's funny you say that because I was listening to Anthony Smith on a podcast recently and he was saying he thinks that this is the best fight O'Malley could have had against someone against uh, 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 ranked above him because... Yarn's not a wrestler. He does. He is a kickboxer. He's also not very tall. And mm. Anthony Smith was saying, you know, if he was fighting a wrestler, he thinks Sean could be in trouble. And if he was fighting mm-hmm. like a, a Chito Vera again, where he has struggled in the past, or a Corey mm-hmm. Sandhagen, someone whose who's length and reach matches his own, mm-hmm. he, he could struggle. And Peter Yarn, as a kickboxer that's quite short... Is the moves best forward. Po- moves forward is the best possible matchup for Sean O'Malley. Yeah, I still can't get over the discrepancies in their resumes and how uh, Pedro Munoz isn't tall, and he was getting the better of O'Malley. And there's no way Pedro Munoz is as good a kickboxer as Petr Jan. Um, no. If you're making a case for O'Malley, the fact that it's three rounds, I think, could be of benefit to O'Malley. Because Jan always kind of starts a little bit slow in that first round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah. you know, he's been likened to like a, a computer, a Terminator, just kind of like he downloads the information in round one and then 
he's got your number and he comes out and obliterates you afterwards. If O'Malley yeah. comes out strong in round one, maybe clips him because we know O'Malley does hit very, very hard. It, it could rock Peter Yarn. It could make things difficult for him. I think the longer the fight goes, the more in Yarn's favor it is. But if Sean wins round one and makes round two competitive where he might get it on a couple of judges' scorecards, but not everyone's, and it's a bit of a 50-50, even if he loses that third round, he could win the fight. So, I do, you think, see, yeah. do you see this as a as a, as a Peter Yarn coming forwards, like f- throughout the fight, trying to get him an O'Malley moving, utilizing his range, and just picking him off with with shots. Sometimes the kind of flamboyant shots that we see from O'Malley. Do you see it kind of like almost like Yarn chasing him to to, to unload on him? The only reason I think that shouldn't happen is because Pedro had the opposite approach. Pedro sort of sat back and was like, go on, then you do something first. And it made for a slightly yeah. dull fight, but it mm-hmm. worked because he just got him with a few leg kicks. I was like, well, I'll take that round. Thank you very much. Um, and so I think it is possible that if Jan's clever, he might use that approach. But then also, I think Jan's taking the piss out of O'Malley. I think he'll see O'Malley as not on his level. So maybe he will want to go out and make a statement because if Sterling wins and Jan wants a title fight, Making a statement will really help his cause because you've got Cheeto Vera waiting in the wings. You've got Corey Sandhagen waiting in the wings, probably one or two others as well. Um, if TJ wins, you've got, you know, Marab Divalishvili there as well. I mean, Petty Yarn might be above these guys in the rankings and maybe deserves a fight more than them, but fresh matchups are always good. And what? Go on. Why do you think he took the fight? Because I think he thinks think it's a it very winnable fight. Serious money. Well, no, I don't think because I, I don't think the money ever really changes much unless something weird happens. Like when two seven nine fell through, I bet you know Kevin Holland and Zheng, Li Jingliang, yeah. people like they were probably offered a bit more money as a sweetener, a little backhander, and maybe offered a new contract where the money goes up. With Petty Yarn yeah. in this situation, I think he's on a contract. They go, "Would you like to fight O'Malley?" And he goes, "Hang on, you want me to fight a guy with a huge name that people really love? That's you know like." could give me a bit more shine because he's got such a big furore around him. He's a big fan favorite. And I think I'm way better than him and he's not anywhere near tested at my level. Yes, please. I'd rather fight him than Corey Sandaken again. I'd probably rather fight him than Cheeto Vera because Hmm. when I beat him and smash him, which he obviously thinks he's going to do, all those fans will come to me. And this will get the the highlight reel of Sean O'Malley getting potentially knocked out by Peter Yarn will go viral more than it will if it's Cheeto Vera or Corey Sandhagen. So I think he takes but that if, fight if, because it's 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 a perfect fight. It, in his idea, it'll be low risk because he doesn't think O'Malley's on his level. And do high you think reward. That? Do you think that? I don't know. We haven't seen O'Malley hey, tested hey, at hey, that hey. level. Do I think O'Malley oh, no, can but... crack and give him a hard time because of his length and reach and all that stuff? Yeah, maybe. But equally, if Peter Yarn goes out there and 30, 20, 27, Sean O'Malley, I don't think people would be massively surprised. I think they'd go, see, we told you, you're not as good as him. Yeah, but what if he loses, where does that leave him? He's not getting a title shot for a while. If he was to, I don't know, if he was to have, I know it's not going to happen because he fought not long ago, fight someone like Mirab, like, get that, and then he's, he's Bang, bang up for a title shot again. If he loses against Sean O'Malley, his stock drops significantly. I don't know if it does. Like, it, it drops a bit, for sure. But I think people will... I think more Sean's stock will raise exponentially. 
I, I think Sean Stock will go through the roof if he gets a result against yeah, Peter Yard. Yeah, 100%. And he gets a title shot next. If Sean wins, he gets a yeah. title shot because he's the big name. He's the, the fun fighter yeah. that all these people like and all that stuff. He will get the title shot if he wins. Even if it's just a dodgy decision, he'll get the title shot next. All right, all right. I've got a game. I've got a game, right? O'Malley wins, right? Yeah. What's the What's the fight that you think he can win? Sterling or Dillashaw? Um... I think he could potentially win either. If he, oh, if look he, at Harrison if today. He, no, if he beats Yarn, like because I don't think he necessarily beats Yarn. I think Yarn should beat him. But if mm. he beats Yarn, I think Yarn is. I think he's a better fighter than TJ Dillashaw, and I think that Sean O'Malley could could crack TJ. I think he. I think Sterling showed that he was nowhere near as good a fighter as Jan in terms of stand-up and stuff in their first fight. But obviously in that second fight, he, he was able to use that backpack and do all that. O'Malley's meant to... I, I haven't seen it so much, but O'Malley's meant to have very good jiu-jitsu and he's very long and rangy. Like, will will Sterling be able to close that distance enough? I, I don't know. So I, I think he's got... I think, again, I sort of agree with what Anthony Smith was saying, actually. I'd favor Sean O'Malley against TJ or Sterling rather than Corey Sandhagen or Cheeto Vera. Yeah. So that, or even like a Ricky Simone at this stage, because I think Ricky yeah. Simone's like got that great wrestling and is that kind of like mm-hmm. really athletic kind of powerful, explosive guy. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. Styles make fights and this will be a really interesting one to watch, but I'm going to go Peter Yarn. Right. Sugar's going to shock the world on this. You reckon? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll tell you what, it'll be pretty amazing if he does because that's such a, a huge win if he beats Peter Yarn and the sugar train will be rolling all the way to a title shot after that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Gamrot Dariush. Hell yes. Inject it into my veins, please. This is one <laughs> I really, really, really want to see. Now, my thoughts on this fight are in no way technical. Not that you've come here for anything technical anyway, because we don't know what the fuck we're talking about. But I am going at this fight in terms of my prediction based on the world being a very unfair place to live. So in my opinion, the MMA gods did an amazing thing by rejigging the 279 card and giving us Nate Diaz Ferguson so Nate Diaz could go out in a blaze of glory like he did. That goodwill and that good fortune has been spent. The MMA gods cannot sprinkle any more favor on anyone. And that's why I think Dariush is going to get beat by Mateos Gamrot. <gasps> I know. Because, Ooh, because the world isn't a fair place, Stu. You know, we live in a dark, cold, bitter world. And I think because of that, Dariush, who's earned a title shot, who probably should have got a title shot, or at least a proper number one contender fight against like Makachev or something like that, he's going to get beat by Gamrot. And and that's what oh. I can see happening. I think Gamrot's a, in terms of a sort of trying to have a technical analysis on it, I think that Gamrot's a way cleaner striker. Dariush is way more of a brawler. He can take a punch. He mm-hmm. can, he's got heavy hands, but he's not, he's, Big winging punches, and especially when he gets hurt. Gamrot, I think, is a way more technical striker. I think, again, the grappling between the two of them could be really great. Um, 
yeah, I, I, I really see the grappling being exciting and interesting. I think Gamrot puts on such a pace. He's so fast. The, the, the Sarukian fight was brilliant. That was a really, really good fight and a showcase of like great scrambling and uh, aggressive, fast-paced wrestling. And I think the fact that he is, I think he's a little bit younger. I think he's more explosive and athletic um, uh, and a cleaner striker. And I think he gets it done because of that. And because the world's not fair. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, oh, well, I'm, I'm just going to throw this right out of there. Dariush uh, chokes him out second round. Oh, oh, I don't know where you're getting that from. I think if, I think, I think a decision is probably where it goes or maybe a, maybe a, a TKO from Gamrot is what I'm leaning. I, I can't see Dariush getting a submission win over the, him, but maybe I'm wrong. The submissions? Maybe I'm wrong. What's he had on the submissions? Uh, yeah, I'm bar Drew Doe, but Camacho, he rear uh, choked. Uh, obviously, Holtzman spinning back fist. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And then, obviously, uh, he, he, uh, the unanimous win over Ferguson. Um, they've had quite similar opponents, both of them. Um, I, I love Darius, and I think he's had a, had a rough ride. And, 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 and you know, you, you've let the, the gam rot set in uh, that the world's <laughs> a, a, a bleak place. Wow, that was bad. Uh, sorry, man. Hands up if you're um, a dad. Um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Shout out to the dads out here. Oh, and a lovely daddy, uh, Benil Dariush as well. Um, yeah. Like, I'd, I'd, yeah, stop hating on Dariush, man. Well, look, you reckon, like... you reckon Dariush is going to submit Gamrot. Gamrot's only had one loss his whole career, and that was to Guram Kutaladze in his first UFC fight, and that was by mm-hmm. a split decision. So mm. I can't see Gamrot getting submitted. Mm. I mean, interesting. Some grappling events uh, in 2019. He did lose via rear naked choke. Yeah, I think Gary Tolan's meant to be like one of the best jujitsu guys ever, <laughs> and and it's uh, also like jujitsu's different when you're allowed to punch people in the face while you're down there as well. So I think yeah. I, I'm leaning Gamrot. I'd love to see Dariush win. I'm a big Dariush fan. I think he's been treated a little bit unfairly. I think it's a shame about the injury he had when he should have been fighting Makachev. I okay. I would like to see Dariush win. Because I think if Gamrot loses, I think he can come back and put together a few more wins and fight for the belt down the line. I, I think Gamrot's got a great future. Dariush is getting a little bit older now. I think he's 33, 34 now. Um, and so... And I thought he was older, to be honest. Um, but I... I think if he loses, he could find it really difficult to come back because I can just see him getting some really hard matchups with the likes of the Sarukians of the world and people like that, and he could struggle. So, yeah, I'm hoping that that Darius does get it done in a way, but I can see Gamrot winning this. Okay, okay. Where do you want to go next? 
Well, I think the obvious place to go down the card for me was was Chukagium Manon Fioran. Um, okay. I mean, this is really interesting. Um, I think Chukagian's been in a really difficult place because she's already lost to the champ. She's already lost to Valentina. But she's been really good of late. I mean, she's got a, a really good resume. Like, she's beaten the likes of Lauren Murphy, Arena Aldana, uh, Jennifer Meyer, Viviana Arujo, who lost last night to uh, Alexa Grasso, um, Joanne Wood, Amanda Hebas, Cynthia, uh, Cynthia Calvillo. She's beat a lot of the top-ranked people in the uh, the flyweight division. She's on a five-fight win streak if she beats Fioro and should really be fighting for the title. But as we've said, it's all about fresh matchups. If she wins against Manon Fioro, she'll be on a five-fight win streak. But I think they'll give the title shot either to Alexa Grasso or maybe a rematch with Tati- uh, not Tatiana Suarez, uh, Talia Santos. Because Santos, yeah. uh, because that was such a close fight, and a lot of people thought Santos might have won it. I don't think she did. Now that I look back, uh, I don't think. But yeah, but so you know, there's other narratives out there that means that that Chukagian probably won't be able to get that rematch. Um, Furo, on the other hand, she only ever lost her very first debut, a professional debut. She's only nine and one. She got a lot less experience than Chukagian. But she's only lost her debut. And that was against Leah McCourt. And Leah McCourt's yeah. doing very well over in Bellator. Um, if she wins, she'll be on a five-fight win streak. And the reason I think she is fighting for a title shot, if she beats Chukagian, she gets the title shot. And I think it's because she's a finisher. She finished her first two fights going into the UFC. And I think that makes waves, makes a difference, particularly in the women's divisions, because you do see less finishes there than you do in the men's divisions. So yeah. uh, I think I think if she wins on a five-fight win streak with two finishes, especially if she got a finish here, she surpasses Alexa Grasso's title claim and I think even uh, uh, Tyler Santos as well. The only difficult thing uh, might be if Valentina wants to jump up and fight uh, um, uh, Amanda Nunes at bantamweight. But I think in Furo, you've got an interesting fight. She's very tall. She's very rangy. The one thing she might struggle with is she's taller than most other fighters she faces, but not Chukagian. I think Chukagian's taller by a couple of inches. She's maybe got a couple of inches on reach as well. This is going to be a new thing for Furo to fight someone taller than her. And it's going to be interesting to see how she adapts to that. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I wonder if we might see Chukagian with her experience, with being the taller fighter and Furo not really used to fighting someone taller than her. It might be a difficult night for Furo, but I think... In terms of making things exciting, new matchups for Valentina, I'd like to see Furo win this one. But I, I probably would lean towards Chukagian. Okay. Well, I want to move on to Bilal Mohammed and Sean Brady, because I know this is a fight you're excited about, right? Hell to the yes. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm so excited about this fight. I think Brady, and Mohammed as well a little bit, but definitely Brady, they've sort of been forgotten about. But no one's really been talking about Brady. I know he hasn't fought since the Chiesa fight. And that Chiesa fight ended a bit weird. Like he was sort of dominant enough in the grappling exchanges. Got to the third round. He seemed to gas out a little bit. And Chiesa was, you know, got the way better of him in the striking exchanges. But then Brady was able to pull himself back, take his back and just kind of hang out there for a while and recover. Um, But I think we've got, again, a battle of two really solid grapplers here. Muhammad's yeah. wrestling is is no joke. It's really good. 
We've seen what he's done in his last few fights against the likes of Wonder Boy. I know Wonder Boy is not great with the defensive wrestling over his last Luke few Kane. fights. Got but, a win over Damian Meyer. And that that's another good one. Do you know what I mean? He's, that's the other thing. In that fight, I rewatched that fight. Mohamed's takedown defense is really good. I know Meyer's takedowns aren't amazing. I think Brady mm-hmm. would be stronger, more explosive, and maybe have better takedowns. Muhammad's takedown defense is really good. And I think he's got the striking edge over Brady. So he might decide to make this a wrestling fight, in which case he might back himself because he's still a very good wrestler. But equally, if he wants to keep it standing, it's going to be hard for Brady to take him down, I think. And he could win the striking exchange. because I think he's going to be a better striker than Brady. But it's, it's all, all dependent, I think, on who can win the grappling exchanges. Who's going to be more dominant there? Because I think if Mohammed's takedown defense is better than Brady's takedowns, we're going to see a striking match. Not the best type of striking match either. And I think Mohammed will edge it. Um, but if the grappling gets going and the wrestling exchanges and all that gets going, again, we could see some really exciting scrambles and stuff, much like in the Gamrot Dariush fight. Um, and yeah, I think we could see something really, really exciting in that fight. Also up for grabs potentially a number one contender shot or if 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 um uh Hamzat Shemaev wants to stay at 170 and prove that he can make that weight the winner of this fight versus Hamzat Shemaev is a real brilliant fight to make it's exactly what I think Hamzat could need to go yes I can make the weight and also I think have an exciting fight against some good wrestlers so it really yeah. puts pressure on <clears throat> Hamzat to show a different side of his game maybe yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you on on, on this one. I think Bilal's, um I, I don't think Sean Brady's fought anybody of, uh, uh, taking nothing away from Kiesa, but I do think it's a bit of a jump up for him. Yep. Uh, and you look at who uh, Bilal's been in the, the octagon with. Um, it, 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 even, you know, the champ. And I, I know obviously yeah. that fight, you know, was was was, was no contest, but um, but he's been I think there in a five round main event, and he's fought a guy exactly. that that was the champ. He's probably looking at that fight, yeah. thinking, "Oh, you know, I could have done hundred percent." Luke Meyer, Wonder Boy. He's been in there with big names. Exactly. Brady I, I think he'll be a, a little bit too much for Brady. Who do you want to talk about? Well, to be honest, I've not got a huge amount else to talk about. I mean, I felt like I, I've I spent a lot of my time looking into the fights that really, really excited me. And they're all on that main card. And then I think I heard Mohamed mm-hmm. Brady might be the uh, featured prelim. Um, they're the ones that just really excite me that I'm really happy about. Uh, obviously, Mohamed Makayev's fighting. I do still, I'm really high on Makayev. I really want to get him on the show as well. Um, yeah. I think he could Again. easily be... The flyweight champion within the next two years, no problem. Um, did you? Did, I mean, I, I've got to be honest. I, th- I thought the last. What, who did he fight last? Because if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, I thought that was quite a dull fight. Say that again, Charles Johnson. Yeah, like um, d- didn't didn't really get me fired up. That yeah, um, but he was dominant. It, it wasn't as exciting and explosive as the the Durden fight. But he did take him down. Of course. He took, uh, was it Jordan, did you say? He took, took him down yeah. relentlessly. And mm. he had no answer for him. Makachev was just like, I can, yeah. not Makachev, sorry. And Makayev said, I can do mm. this all day. And he did. Mm. And he just dominated. Yeah. It wasn't overly exciting. There was no huge finish or anything like that. Yeah. But it was insanely dominant. And, yeah. you know, it, so you it, get it, wins like that. 
I think that's even scarier for fighters to go, Jesus, even if he's not on his best day, he's still just going to take me down nonstop. Um, yeah. So I, I, I can see Mikhaev doing the business here, hopefully getting a finish or something to just put him in the limelight a little bit more. Uh, but I mean, this card is so stacked. I think you just, just get a win, mate. Yeah. Carry on, because chances are, even if you get a finish, you're probably not going to be the talk of the town because there's so many big fights on this card and you'll yeah. be on the prelims. So just get your win, carry on, and build and build and build, and you'll still get a title uh, shot you, soon. You know, you're saying that he's going to get a title shot. So that, that's the thing. I, I, I think, you know, most most MMA fans have been talking about Makayev for a good couple of years now. He, you know, there's a lot of hype around that young lad, isn't there? Yeah. And his, his amateur record's ridiculous. And, you know, we, we, what we've seen has been completely dominant. And, and obviously we got to see him in, in in London. And yeah, you know, we need another Brit champ, you know, yeah. let's have two. Um, be all over that. Uh, so yeah. Okay. Um, are we done? Well, I mean, just to say that they're there because they're there. Uzdemir is fighting Krylov. I mean, that is uh, 10th Krylov and Uzdemir is ranked... Where's Uzdemir ranked? 8th. So, I mean, that's a top 10 fight at light heavyweight. It doesn't massively excite me, if I'm perfectly mm. honest. I don't think either of them are mm. going to be challenging for a belt or doing anything major. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a fight. It's happening. It might be yeah. fun. Um Talking of light heavyweights, uh, shout out Paul Craig versus uh, Walker. It's been announced, hasn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, that'll be a fun one. I think that could be really mm. fun. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, obviously, I'm, I'm backing Paul Craig on that one. I want to see Paul Craig do well. Um, mm-hmm. But tough fight. Walker, you never know what Walker's going to turn up. Uh, is it yeah. going to be the flashy one that's just going to throw a flying knee in your face? Or is it going to be the mm. one that's been a slightly duller one more recently? Mm. Uh, hopefully, Craig can can do his thing and, and get a sub. Um other than that, um, I think, hang on, is Arnold Allen fighting Calvin Cater the week after UFC 280? It's soon, isn't it? Let's it have is a little look. Let's soon. have a little look. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. He's fighting on the 30th. Uh, not what well, it'd be the 29th, really, wouldn't it, in America? But for us, it'd be the 30th, mm. I guess, over here. Calvin Cater versus Arnold Allen. So that's the week after UFC 280. Oh, and then, oh, God, the featherweights are killing it. The week after that, you've got Mitchell versus Evloev, which is a banger. Oh, mm. God. We, to be, if I'm perfectly honest, I feel like some of the UFC cards of late, they've been fine, but they've not had the name value. They've not been great, any of that stuff. I'm looking at what's coming up. UFC 280, the most stacked card of the year without question. Mm-hmm. Allen versus Cater. I don't know who else is on the card, but just even the main event, I'm like, I'm in. Big implications for the featherweight division. Arnold Allen's on there. Let's go. Week after that, Evloyev Mitchell, huge fight at featherweight. Brilliant. Uh, two ranked opponents, both with great styles, both grapplers. That's going to be super interesting to watch. And I think the week after that, Adesanya Pereira at UFC 281. So we've got some great cards coming up. So if I, uh, I think it's going to be happening, we're going to catch up and watch this one together, aren't we? Hopefully, yeah. I think we're round mine. Mm. I'll pay the, you know, BT for some for some fights. It's funny, isn't it? Like oh. the America are all like they're paying like eighty dollars or whatever every time mm. there's a UFC pay per view, and us Brits are like, what? Twenty five? What do you mean twenty five quid? We get it for free all the time. <laughs> Fuck off, BT. <laughs> what are we doing? 
Uh, I know, I know. He, he, he's pathetic as well because I do. I get really angry. Well, I pay for BT. I don't watch any other sport. It's true. We pay him for it every month. But yep. having said that, you know, at least we're not... You're getting a lot of bang for your buck this weekend. Uh, that's why I don't want any lay and praise because there could be some lay and praise. But I'm hoping... Yeah. Th- th- I mean, if you're going to pay for any card this year, it's this one, isn't it? Like, mm. this is absolutely stacked. Even the prelims yeah. look decent. So, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I, I, I always begrudge it a little bit because we normally get it for free. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah. oh, what? Hang on, what's going on here? But at the end of the day, it's a good British time as well, isn't it? Is it like like 7 p.m. main card? So oh, yes, please. So, yeah, I'll I'll pay the money. I don't mind. Let's Let's go. I'm so excited that Volk's there in his tracksuit, ready to go. Oh, but I'm excited about it, and I think he's a legend for doing it, but I don't want to yeah. see him fight. I yeah. want to see Makachev Oliveira. If he fights, yeah. I want him to win. He's an absolute legend. Yeah. I love Volk. And if you haven't heard his interview on our show, please go through the back catalogue and listen to it. There's a nice segue Absolutely. there, a bit of advertisement. Um, I, I wish Volk was just like uh, uh, was there just to if any fight goes wrong. I'd love to see him versus Krylov. Like that'd be amazing. <laughs> like, <laughs> He'd win that fight. He's just there. He'd fight anyone. Like, I'd definitely put a tenner on Volk to beat Krylov. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, look, thanks ever so much for listening, people. Uh, we'll be back with a post-fight show. Um, we was hoping to get um, our pal Scroobius Pip uh, and Brian Lacey uh, on this one because we've not. Had to catch up with the lads um, hopefully Pip's going to watch the event with us so we'll try and drag him along for the post fight show to get his take on it as well um, if you haven't listened to the John Hathaway episode that come out last week go check that out and obviously congrats to John who got a win over in Octagon yes. um, last night um, uh, the, the 15th um, yeah props to, to John and go and listen to that episode uh, and, and hopefully on the back of that win we'll see something Really exciting for John. Maybe even a, 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 a return to the UFC, uh, which would be amazing. Go check that episode. He's such a nice guy. And, uh, yeah, and oh, get this out of the way. And then Arnold Bloody Allen. I bloody love Arnold, Blake. I love Arnold. Him and his meal deals. Love it. Oh, we've got a good few. <laughs> as I say, I felt like we've had a few weeks where I was like, eh, it's not amazing. Yeah. Cards, all that stuff. Yeah. The next four weeks, yes, please. Boom. Absolutely. You've got a Chinese takeaway coming in, yeah? Hopefully, yeah. The missus has ordered it, done her job, you know what I mean, mate? Yeah? Yeah. Let's, let's, let's. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but I probably will have to order it in a minute when we get off it. Yeah, yeah. obviously. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll be back next time. See you later. Bye.